Where would this world be without you? You are significant, vital, and necessary, and you're probably so busy taking care of everyone and everything that you're starting to feel a little invisible or unheard. But your voice matters. It's time to unlock doors and shine light on all the chaos so you can be all you were meant for. Here's the host of Your Voice Matters, Rebecca Dollinger. Hey, Rebecca Dollinger here with Your Voice Matters, and we are here today with Lori Stokes-Bell. And I know, and I've got to ask this question to my audience, have you ever had to take care of someone you loved? Because it can be emotional, it can be, you know, stressful, it can just be, oh, just so much, you just can't, you just can't deal with it. So that is why you call Lori with angel hands. (laughs) You know, you leave it to the experts. So welcome, Lori. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I know when I found you, I had gone through like two hospice agencies by that time. I fired them. Um, Because, I mean, they were taking care of somebody. They weren't taking care of somebody I loved. You know, I would have to check on their medicine and everything else. And that's uncalled for because, you know, people don't realize, I think, at least, you know, 30% of now, Americans had to leave employment to take care of loved ones. Absolutely. And it, it, and thank goodness they, you know, they were, you know, even though it's a, it hurts their pocketbook, thank goodness they had the caring and loving, you know, personality to do that. And it does take a certain type of personality, doesn't it? Yeah. I think so. Um, I've been a social worker for 27 years and, and I swore, you know, what I was originally going to do is I was going to work with kids. And I have personally worked with kids. That would be zero. <laughs> and I did my first uh, placement in uh, social work, which I call the indentured servitude and uh, for a hospice. And it really wasn't for any love of hospice. I'm just going to tell the truth. It really was about it was close to my house. And I was really tired of driving all the way to Denton. I lived in East Dallas at the time. And so I found this hospice placement and I thought, you know, I'm going to do this because it'll work with my school schedule and my work mm-hmm. schedule. And I found my home. It, fe- it made complete sense to me. Um, I always, when I've taught classes at uh, UNT and TW, it's funny because I'll, I'll talk to the students and, you know, these little 18 year olds and they're scared, you know, they hear the word hospice and they're like, Ooh, you know. And so I always start off with this question. Do you know what the death rate in this country is? 100%. And so hospice (laughs) really isn't about dying because that's a given. Everybody's going to do that. Mm -hmm. This is about living. And this is about you being you and you taking, honoring your family member, your sweet brother. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that are important. It really is about a family. Um, That's why Angel Hands... um, is a huge home for me. I've waited my entire professional career for this group of people. Mm-hmm. I've worked in hospice uh, for 21 years, long time, gosh. <laughs> and I'm only 32. Wow. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. I know. And um, I'm simply amazed by the caliber of um, employees you have. 
But I'm also amazed that when I started out taking care of, you know, family members, Mm -hmm. I did it all. Yeah. And I thought, you know, after my brother had died, I thought, oh, my goodness, I have all this time that I didn't realize how much time went into taking care of somebody. Absolutely. And I'm not a professional at it, but I got good at it, you know. Absolutely. And, and one thing about having some, having an agency like Angel Hands, they go to bat for you. Absolutely. You're not by yourself trying to, trying to get help and trying to, you don't know the avenues you're supposed to do, and they do. Yeah. I think that's true. I mean, I always say I was a good social worker before I took care of my dad. I'm a great one now because I had that OJT, you know, on the job training. Um, my dad, Bob, was a great guy. I adored him. Um, I had the privilege of helping take care of him for three years after his stroke. He had a stroke very young. And, um, uh, you know, sometimes he would say, you know, Laurie, they call me sweet old Bob. And I said, I bet they do call you SOB sometimes. <laughs> and he was a wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, but I wanted them to know who Bob was. He was my dad. He was LaVon's husband of 44 years. He was somebody's granddad. He was so many more things than just that diagnosis. And so that's where my passion with hospice and what I've had been able to bring to light at Angel Hands. We have what we call a culture at our, our agency. It's really important to us. Not everybody fits into it, and that's okay. You know, we're not the right fit for everybody. Um, but our culture is that we I always say we're hard on issues, but soft on people. And you can, you can, you can go to bat and you know that we call every single one of our patients every single Friday. They have a buddy and their buddy calls them every, every Friday. You remember getting all those calls and the buddies, you know, check in on you and that's your special person. And I've, I've had the privilege of having some very amazing relationships with some of my buddies of telling me things and inviting me into their family, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebecca, you invited me into your family, and mm-hmm. I, I feel honored by that. And I think that's what the underlying thing that runs through our whole agency is that we understand that this is an honor to be with families at this time. Oh, I know. And I felt so, I didn't have to worry. You know, because I knew that you, you know, you had him in good hands. And then when, you know, when things got difficult, it was like, okay, I've got questions for the doctor, you know, and da, da, da. And you said, no, no, let me take care of this. And it was like, oh, really? You know, I'm so used to it. <laughs> it was, it was nice. And it took that, it just took that pressure off and you could actually enjoy their last, yeah. you know, their last time with you. And and I think people don't understand that today. I think our goal is to let you be the sister. I wanted to be Bob's daughter. Mm -hmm. I could have bathed Bob. I could have done all those things. But you know what? It would have changed our relationship. And it was so important that I got to be his daughter. Mm -hmm. The same as you getting to be the sister. That's a blessed gift to be a part of that, you know, in that family situation. And we want to be able to do that. Okay, thank you. Hey, we'll be right back. Just going to give some love to our sponsors. We'll be right back with Your Voice Matters after these messages. Here's a fact. Too much of today's journalism is politically biased. 
So where should you turn to get accurate, leading-edge information that you can trust? The Epic Times. The Epic Times covers the news the way you need it, unfiltered and accurate. Cutting-edge topics like the danger of the Chinese Communist Party, the pandemic, Russia, the Middle East, the economy, and news you won't hear anywhere else. The Epic Times is free from the influence of governments, corporations, or political parties. You get to form your own opinions. Here's a special introductory offer. You can get one-month subscription to the Epic Times Weekly Print newspaper, as well as unlimited access to their dynamic website for just $1. That's right, $1. Go right now to TrustedNewspaper.com. That's TrustedNewspaper.com to subscribe. Do it now. TrustedNewspaper.com. 1106 Lupo, creative art space for production meetings, rehearsals, and auditions so you can get on with the show. Multiple room choices for up to 20 occupants at unheard of rates. Get on with the show with 1106 Lupo. Call 214-630-7722 to reserve your space today. Well, um, Lori, I remember thinking that I always had to play bad cop, mm-hmm. you know, and I always had to like go to bat for for my brother, for instance. And the, the bad thing about that is you get a reputation and and people think you're heartless and they think, oh, you're just, why are you saying that? You know, just being mean. I'm going, no, because he has no voice. That's right. You have to be his advocate. You have to stand up no matter what. And, and I- I'll tell you a secret that helps. It's easier to stand up for someone else than stand up for yourself. Amen. Amen. And I think I told you this at the very beginning that I really, really believe healthcare is as good as you demand. Um, I know being Bob's daughter, I remember meeting his, uh, his neurologist and I had taken a job at a hospital and I went up and said, hi, I'm Lori Stux Bell. I'm the new social worker. And he looked at me and I said, but you probably know me as Bob Stokes' daughter, the daughter from heck. <laughs> and just kind of laughed. And he goes, no, you were just very well informed. And that is my mission, that our family should be well informed. Mm-hmm. That, you know what? I think hospice is the right decision at the right time. But if it's not the right time, I'm going to be the first thing to tell you. I just told a family this week saying, you know what? You really should keep on pursuing some aggressive care for a while. You know, mm-hmm. because you don't need to have any what ifs. What ifs will kick you in the head. So don't have what ifs. And you blessed us by, you know, having that conversation and being very straightforward, which works really well for me because I am not a very kumbaya social worker. (laughs) And you know that. And so I think, you know, you, you, your job is to be your, your family member's advocate and, and take that job seriously. Yeah. And demand that of whoever's providing care for your family member, be their advocate. And I encourage it. Because a lot of times, if you're not for, you know, forthright and tell people, they don't know. They can't read your mind. That's right. And they're going to do a lot of times different agencies, not yours, but they will do the least they can. Right. Because you and, don't and demand it. Like you and were saying. I do remember saying to you, and you kind of raised your eyebrows at me a little bit, <laughs> and especially your sister did, when I said to you that we're entering in a relationship together and that we, we have to have communication. Because if we don't have the conversation, nothing's worse than not having that conversation. You need to tell us. If we're not doing something right, tell us. You owe it to me as another human being, and I owe it to you to say, 
Rebecca, I'm really sorry. I would love to do that for you, but I can't. And there's these are the reasons why. These are the regulatory reasons. You know, I think I told you yeah. I look good in orange, but I don't want to wear it all the time <laughs> with little numbers <laughs> on my sleeve. You know, I don't want to do that. So, but I'm very straightforward and I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to do it with kindness and a warm heart, but I'm going to tell you the truth. Even sometimes the hard truths. And, you know, that's appreciated. I don't, I don't think most people don't want to be lied to or don't want to have false hopes. But at the same time, you actually need to be compassionate. Absolutely. I mean, it's a fine line. You know, Absolutely. You have to and walk. I, I think so, too. And, you know, I think, you know, my gosh, I'm a social worker, for gosh sakes. And as, you know, thank goodness this is a podcast and they can't see, but I'm a chunky middle-aged chick. You know, obviously, <laughs> I'm not here to be salesy, you know. So I've got to rely on the things that I know, and that's to be a really good social worker and to have compassion and loving our patients and our families. Um, because you, as a family member, are as important as that patient. I'll never forget my professor uh, who I talked to years ago when I was actually a volunteer at hospice. He came up to me and goes, so what do you think about this hospice thing? Do you really believe in quality of care, quality of life over uh, quantity? I said, I think I really do. And I'll never forget, fast forward, I saw him in the hospital and I started crying and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm supposed to be comforting you. He goes, oh, no. You, I have the easy job. All I have to do is die. You have to keep on living. And that is the hard oh, job. That's beautiful. Oh, that's true. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> the know. hard job is those of us that are left behind. Yeah. And I think that's the thing also that makes us different. Fortunately and unfortunately, every one of our staff members has dealt with hospice on a personal basis. Um, my partner, Arthi, and I, ho- I hope she wouldn't be d- upset at me telling this, but, you know, I told her she had a heart for hospice and she was like, wah, 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 yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know, and about three to four months into working with us, her dad came on hospice with us and she understood what it meant. It's a different way of thinking and it's a, and it is an honor to be with someone at this point in their life. I know. And I loved her. She was She's like, amazing. to the point, you know. And She's I, very straightforward. And I love that about people. I don't know about other people, um, personalities, but I like, okay, if you're going to tell me something, tell me something. Don't like beat around the bush. No, she's very straightforward. You know, and she's very straightforward. And um, that's why we work really well together. Yeah. Now, the first couple of months we worked together, she, she scared me <laughs> and I almost cried, but I was fine now. <laughs> After three years, we're great. <laughs> Yeah, and she was like super trained on just about everything. Amazing, and was willing to go above and beyond to learn new things. We're not afraid to do things that we've never done before. Let us figure it out, and that's always been our our thought process. Let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. Let's figure out how to do this. And if we can't do it well, we're going to be the first to tell you. Let's not use us. Let's use somebody else. Yeah, and I mean we had that conversation too because. Mm-hmm. I had things that come up that um, I was trained um, for it, but most because it was a special thing and I had to be right. because I was a sister. But uh, most nurses, unless you're a, a, a specialist in that field, you're not trained. Yeah. So and I was really impressed because, <laughs> you know, y'all were going like, OK, let's go find out how this is done. Absolutely. And I think because we are a smaller company, there's not a lot of layers and so, Arthur and I can sit down and hammer it out and figure out a plan and figure out how we can do this and do it 
the best that we can do for the folks, you know, and do for yeah. our families and for our patients. That's that's the whole goal is let's figure it out. And it's it's great at this point in my career to learn so many new things. It's awesome. I love it. We'll be right back with Your Voice Matters after these messages. When it's time to perform, it's too late to practice. First Safety Training in DFW supports local communities and churches through firearms training and nonviolent dispute resolution training. Understand the laws related to weapons and deadly force, handgun use and safety, and proper storage practices. A trained and licensed gun-carrying citizen will react quicker to protect themselves and others. Call 214-808-9757 to schedule your Introduction to Handguns, Licensed to Carry, Active Shooter, Church Security, and survival training. Be prepared for the best possible outcome of a weaponized attack. Make sure the law is on your side in the event deadly force is necessary. Call 214-808-9757 and work with former law enforcement trainers and range officers. Meet all municipal, county, state, and federal regulations. Understand your gun and how to care for it properly. Call First Safety Training at 214-808-9757 today. At WorkSuites, get back to work your way. Business addresses, co-working, executive office suites, we really thrive on helping small businesses expand their horizons from simply working out of their home. What's really nice is we're flexible with our terms. We don't require you to sign a lease with us, go month to month, or stay a couple years. You may only need a part-time space. You'll have a full kitchen, cover garage access, This is the ideal way to work through the transition in your business and get you up to speed quickly. Private offices have dedicated Wi-Fi, furniture, 24-7 access. Call 888-445-9675 and check us out at worksuites.com. Members access all of our locations throughout DFW and Houston. A significant advantage for meeting clients on their terms. We won't nickel and dime you go to worksuites.com or call 888-445-9675 to schedule your tour. You're going to love it here. 888-445-9675. Well, Lori, I'd like to ask you this one question. Um, It's something that I've often wondered. How do how do people pick going? I know you told your story of how you got into a hospice, mm-hmm. but what would you tell the families out there that's actually having to deal with this right now? Yeah, I think that you really, it really is one of those situations I was saying earlier. Do you know there's like 450 hospices in the DFW area? That's crazy, y'all. I mean, who, who how can you even begin to yeah. talk? You know, we do a lot of, um, we're blessed to have very beautiful Google reviews and things like that. I tell people, do your research, look at it. Um, also interview them. Do the, you know, and this sounds really weird, but do the scratch and sniff. Check it out. See what you think about them. You know, we had a conversation. It was not, you know, I, I had no expectation that you were going to go with us and work with us because I wanted to just educate you and see what was realistic. And I wanted to see. If we could really meet your needs. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing. That relationship, because this is such a a precious time in someone's life, Mm -hmm. you don't get any do-overs. No, you don't. So do it right and do it with integrity and decency 
and and say if you make a mistake, just say it. You know, to ask people those questions. What do you do if there's conflict? That's one thing I would ask. What do you? How do you handle conflict? What do you do? What do you want to? What do you want to change? You know, what should we do differently? Yeah. Um, I think for me, one thing that really hit the, that really got me was. You're you know, you're emotionally upset anyway. Absolutely. So uh, you're hoping that you're making right decisions because mm-hmm. it affects your brain as well. You know, Absolutely. and you're walking into like situations you don't know. And the thing is, I could always rely on y'all. Would you please find out about this? What happens if this happens? What happens? Because my brother had a lot of things that they were specialty things, yeah. and we didn't know. I mean, even from all the experience and years of dealing with his um, his prognosis, and I didn't know. So no. y'all took the y'all took the reins and went with it. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It has to be a collaborative relationship. It really, really does. And we have to have. That's why I said to you, you know, we're entering a relationship, and relationships are two sided. It's not all one way. It, you have a relationship, you have conversation, and you figure it out together. And, you know, I, I really, I really despise the whole salesiness, you know, people being salesy and, and promising you all this stuff, you know, yeah. um, because that's not right, you know, um, because nothing's worse when you, they don't do what they're supposed to do, you know. And I think, unfortunately, you had come and you were already pre-bruised. <laughs> you know, you got bruised. That's true. And, and, you know, it's sometimes harder that way because we knew that you were already hypervigilant. And we knew that for you, we needed to communicate a lot. And that was important. And we, you know, I have some folks that don't want to hear from us. And that's okay. You know, I do a text every now and then. Hey, saw your family member. Everything's good. But I knew that we all knew, and I go, I went back and talked about you in a good way, <laughs> and I said, you know, this lady needs some conversation. She needs somebody to talk to her and make sure that we have that communication going. And I think it's it's not the it's not the McDonald's of care, you know. Yeah. It's not pickle, 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 ketchup, ketchup, ketchup. You might not want pickle. You might not want ketchup. We want to figure out what's right for you and your family member because every individual is different. And every individual dies their own way mm-hmm. and does their last part of their journey their own way. And that's what's important is figuring out what your journey is and what the goals are for your family. Mm-hmm. You know, what the patient's goals are, what your goals are. Let's make it work and make sure that. And if they're not realistic goals, have that conversation. Let's mm-hmm. let's say we can't do it. I know I'm, you're absolutely right. After everything that had happened. From you know the journey he had, I was like on it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like I didn't, I didn't care if you were you know over the whole hospital. I want to talk to you, you know. Right, and that probably came across a little rude sometimes. No, not at all. Uh, I, I understand because I'm but, a girl uh, too. <laughs> but it's his life, Absolutely. you know. And you and under I know there's people out there just so tired of taking care of, and it's. And then you feel bad because you're tired, you know, but there's so many people out there with this and they don't know where to turn or they turn. They, they're like me. They got into a, a pickle, 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I got where I was like, yeah, I was his like guardian angel. <laughs> but that was your job. Yes, and you it did it well. And there's no fault in that at all. Yeah. I mean, there really isn't. And if anybody made you feel that way, shame on them. Because that's not, that's not the way it should be. Because guess what? I was still Bob's daughter, the daughter from heck. And that's mm-hmm. okay. That's well, okay. Well, I learned a long time ago, no one makes you feel that way. You choose. I mean, they can like present it that way, but I choose to accept it in a, you know, in a positive. I think it's a gift, you know, and I uh, think that you took that gift that your brother shared with you to be his, his advocate and his guardian angel carefully and, and honestly and, and don't ever regret that for one moment. I don't. I sure don't. <laughs> Oh, would you mind uh, giving you, us your contact information where people sure. can find you? Sure. It's Angel Ian's Hospice. Um, we've got three locations, but our main office is in Dallas, and uh, they can reach us at 214-267-1800. And um, we'd love to talk to you. My name is Laurie, and you can call or ask for us. We're easygoing. <laughs> so thank you so much for this opportunity to talk to you. Well, thank you so much. We always talked about getting a glass of wine. So yeah, we need to do that. <laughs> so thank you for being here. Uh, the audience being here today for us. And we will catch you on the next one. You've been listening to Your Voice Matters with host Rebecca Dollinger. Find Your Voice Matters on the OBBM Network podcast and directories everywhere. For guests and sponsor information, call 214-729-6307. That's 214-729-6307.